Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Dying Camp, a Rowan Verse read-along and analysis podcast that sits out to read all the books by Rick Riordan in timeline order. I'm your friendly neighbourhood lesbian author who has a brand new short story out today. You should check it out right now, it'll be called Before I Go. It is set after the events of Home to the World, my first published novel that came out last year. Um, I'm, I'm really quite proud of it. It follows the events of it. It's uh, following this girl called Jamie who helped rescue the character in Home to the Wild um, and it's just real cute and sweet and I think you should buy it because it's only 99p or or 99 cent I don't know what American currency is but it's 99p wherever <laughs> um, so uh, get it please if you would like to um, and be sure to leave reviews for the stuff because it's cool um, <laughs> so I'm very very excited it's going to be a good day I'll probably do a live stream at some point on my social media um a la dose of Fran but I'm not I can't say for certain because I'm actually going to a k-pop concert on the same day um but I may do one at some point during the day so we shall see but do get the short story and welcome to the show <laughs> today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Mark of Athena section entitled meeting near death which is from pages 470 to 500. I have a weird twitch in my eye and it's actually doing my head in. Ow! Pain. Oh! Anyway, there we go. <laughs> As always, I have my points to focus on. So today we've got plot and generally what I thought of it. So let's dive in. Now this section is all from Piper's POV, so, you know, I'm not too fussed about it because Piper is cool sometimes. But in this section, she kind of gets the short end of the stick which is unfortunately also a recurring theme for her character. Anyway, here is the overview for Piper's section. Board on deck, Piper and Jason head out for a picnic, where it is revealed to be Jason's birthday. Celebrating with cake ends sooner than expected when a nervous Percy arrives with news about Annabeth and the others. Knowing that they need to find out what's going on and where Nico is, they use Piper's knife, but before they can find him in it, the nightmare image of Piper has seen returns. Knowing they have no choice but to find Nico before it's too late, they head to the forum Percy recognised in the vision, with Piper bugging out the whole time. They made their way there and, a bit too easily, into a cabin that leads somewhere Piper recognises. She eventually reveals what she saw in the vision and the boys appear sceptical to push ahead anyway, right into a drought-ridden nymph prison. Stupid boys. The vengeful nymphs fill the cavern with poisonous water filled with their rage and despair. Only when the water begins to rise does Piper think of a plan, based on a Cherokee story, to give everything they have and surrender to death. In surrendering everything, they manage to combat against the water and free the nymphs from their drought prison and make it out and towards the giants. 
Anyone else confused as why? <laughs> yeah, me, yeah. I just... It's the same thing what happened last week. I don't understand why these things are happening. Why are they delaying them getting to Nico? <laughs> what is the reason? Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the plot because I'm basically just repeating the same thing from last week. Um, I <laughs> one thing I do want to bring up. So we learned that it's Jason's birthday, and also he's only just turned sixteen, which was weird because I thought he was already sixteen. But I was wrong. But that just means that Frank is actually older than Jason. Which is just a weird thought to me. Because, like, Frank looks up to Jason. Which I know it's because he's the Praetor. But also, that also gives the intention of, like, he's older. Because, like, you don't really look up to someone. Except unless they're, like, older than you. And that's not always the case. But, like, that's the sort of usual situation, isn't it? Um... But anyway, I'm also just really confused as to why Jason never properly regained his memory. So he said that he didn't actually know when his birthday was until Talia, who came by the camp a few months before they went on this quest, came and told him. And I just want to, like, why hasn't he regained his memories? It's been seven months. Surely he should have gotten everything back by now, considering the only reason his memories were taken was because he couldn't know he was Roman until the end. Like, Percy has all of his memories back. Why hasn't Jason? It's just really random. I know the whole Percy thing is because, oh, he drank the Gorgon's blood. I'm like, yeah, but he didn't freaking need them anyway. Why can't Jason have gotten his stuff back? They don't need him to be an amnesiac anymore. They didn't need him to be an amnesiac anymore. After the hero rescuing, like, the only thing they needed to keep from him was where the location of New Rome was. Like, just keep that part out of his brain. <sighs> frustrating, frustrating, frustrating. Um, additionally, uh, Piper's made some questionable decisions here. Why did she give away her only weapon? So she gave her, like, what were they called? Looking glass knife, basically, to Coach Hedge, who firstly doesn't need a weapon, but also she says oh, so he can keep an eye on us. But no one else has been able to see visions in it unless she's holding it. Like, the whole thing is that she's been seeing the visions. No one else really sees visions in it. And additionally, why did Piper Piper not tell the boys about what she'd been seeing in the vision before they went? So they maybe would be a bit more sceptical. And why did the boys kind of brush off her warning of like, you know, I saw us drowning in there, we couldn't get out, blah blah blah, I saw us dying. And they're like, ah, it's fine, there's no water here, it's fine. Like, you fucking idiots. (laughs) Listen to her. Have her visions ever been wrong? No, you guys literally tried to kill each other not even a few days ago from a vision that she saw. Dickheads. Boys are stupid. Um, it was just a strange thing. But additional thing, I, I don't... Now, it could be because I don't know the story that well and I don't really know the connotation behind it. Because, like, obviously, I'm in the UK, we don't learn that much about Indigenous people or the Native Americans or anything like that. But I don't fully understand the inclusion of the Cherokee story of the the skeleton dog. Like, I mean, like, again, I haven't looked into that much. Beyond, like, reading the story outside of the book, I... I don't fully get why it's here. It kind of just feels a bit out of place. 
because it doesn't seem to really fully fit into this situation. And Rick definitely tries to get it to fit with Piper saying, you've got to act like we're already dying because that's what the skeleton dog is. It's already halfway dead. But then, even then it kind of doesn't make sense because they aren't doing that. Yes, they're surrendering themselves, basically just like, hey, you know, we've got to give it everything we've got. We've got to give everything. We've got to surrender everything. And then she says in her mind, like, we're already dead. But you kind of, you're not doing that. And they're also fighting back <laughs> by giving everything they've got. They're using the cornucopia to force fresh water into the area. It was just, it was, I don't get it. Like, they're, sure, they're giving everything they've got uh, because they've, in a, actually, they've already lost. I, I just don't see where the story, like, the message of the story fits. It just—it it kind of felt like Rick just wanted to firstly remind us that Piper is Cherokee, but also say to us, "Hey, look, I—I I did do some research on Cherokee stories," <laughs> but just put it in a weird place. I don't know. If someone understands it a little bit more, feel free to DM me to explain. But it just—it felt really random and out of place. I, I like learning these things and hearing these stories and I probably will look into it a bit more because I do follow some um, indigenous TikTokers who like tell these sort of stories and you know provide information about the stuff that happened to the indigenous communities um, both currently in the past etc 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 but for this story in particular in this context I just don't understand the, the connection you know um, but yeah if you guys get it DM me, I'd appreciate it. That's kind of what I have to say feedback-wise. I don't really have anything to say on this section beyond <laughs> the plot part again, where I feel the need to say now. My bad, I've still got nothing good to say. I definitely think I've been blinded by the story can convince myself that the good stuff happens near the end for this book, because so far the good stuff has still not happened. Um... I'm somewhat disappointed because I thought we'd be at that point already, but we are not. Because, so, what? Why? Why did we have to have this section of them going into a nymph's tomb, basically, where it it was drowned out because it was put underground, so they've run out of water, but their spirits are tied to the fountain still, so they've been basically dehydrated for centuries. Well, a century, no. How long is this century? <laughs> How long is this century? How long is a century? A hundred years. Oh, so multiple centuries. Jesus Christ. Millennia. Millennia is probably more accurate. <laughs> They've been without water for nearly a millennia. Um, so it's kind of driven them mad, basically. But I don't understand the point of them being here. They're saying that they're working for the giants. I'm like, okay. But the giants want them there. The giants want them to come to them. So they'll have entertainment when they kill them. I don't get why they're stopping them. Like there's a whole thing of like the giants saying that they want them there. And even in the next section, literally the next couple of chapters, the giants are excited because they get to put on a show. And... It's just, it was just a really, it was just a really random moment. I don't get it. 
and like I, I, like I said in the previous part, what what's the point of delaying them on their way to save Nico? What's the point of delaying them on their way to the Giants? Because the Giants want them there. There's no reason for them to not want them to get to Nico. Like I said, I don't get why Gaia is causing them problems when she wants them to get to Olympus to kill a boy and a girl. Why cause these problems in the meantime for them when it's just going to delay them to getting to Mount Olympus when what you actually want to do is get them to Mount Olympus to murder them so you can rise and destroy the world? What? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't understand. The plot here is just really amazing. Gaia's motivations make no goddamn sense. Like, her wanting to rise by killing two demigods, sure, makes sense. She, the world's ruined. Though we also don't fully understand the reason why she wants to come back. Which is also a failure on the writer's part. We don't understand why Gaia wants to come back to life. Nor what, well, like I know the whole thing is like history's repeating itself, but you still need motivations. But I just we just don't get any answers for these things, and it's just it's just getting a little bit frustrating now. Because I need to understand why. I gotta understand why for to either you know to to root for our heroes to defeat her. Also, I'm still kind of rooting for them because like obviously world ending stuff. But also, what if Guy had a point? I mean, I never fully <laughs> rooted for the Titans, but I rooted for Luke here and there because he had a point. Um, Gaia so far has made no points, so I cannot decide whether or not she is the bad guy or not. She's just currently just the bad guy because she's the bad guy. Like, <laughs> there's no proper explanation for why she's doing these things and why she's caused harm to these seven. Or how she knew they were the seven. I think that's the big thing here. How did she know they were the seven when they themselves didn't know they were the seven? And... <sighs> So many questions, no answers, and uh, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting a bit sick of it. <laughs> I'm getting a bit sick of it. Getting a bit sick of it. Uh, I actually don't have anything else to say. This section just, the problem that I have is just this section just has no importance. Like Piper has a moment of just like being a hero, like she helps them out. She's the one who figures out how to get them out of it, etc., etc., and they give her the credit, which is great. But it didn't need to happen. This this section didn't need to happen. And she's weaponless beyond the cornucopia, so she's going to be useless when they see the giants next. Also, mad, because she said, I love you to Jason, before Percy and Annabeth have said it, and they've been together longer. And half of their relationship isn't fake memories. Mad about that, Jesus Christ. Also, Jason doesn't say it back. Um, but really, they go into the water afterwards. But he hasn't said it back since either. So, ooh, pain. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I actually have nothing else to add because I'm just, I'm tired now. I'm just tired, folks. Um, <laughs> at least we're saving Nico next. So yay, what can go wrong? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll find out. Um, in the Before I do my closing, I want to remind everyone of this week's question. Well, not remind everyone. I want to tell you all because I've not said it yet. Uh, here is this week's question of the episode. What do you think was the reason to delay the group trying to get to Nico with the nips? Like, why are they delaying them getting to Nico? I want to understand. Maybe I just missed something. Which, like, admittedly, is possible. 
but we'll see so um yeah let me know in that post when it goes up and um yeah thank you all for joining me for this week's section be sure to check out my books for home to the wild and the brand new short story before i go out today on all ebook platforms for 99p or 99 cents um it was a fun thing to write i'm really looking forward to seeing how people think of it and the series as a whole and um yeah <laughs> enjoy the rest of your week and i will see you next well i'll speak to you next wednesday as we continue our onverse journey Bye. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email the Best Damn Camp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of fran which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks want more Ronverse content check me out on youtube at a healthy dose of fran and if you want to support my writing career drop me a follow at a dose of fran on instagram twitter and tiktok again thank you all for tuning in as always i've been fran your very own hunter and i'll see shall speak to you all next time bye